Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 5. This is Lesson 14. We're going to pick up where we left off um, in Chapter 18 and Page 18. Uh, we're up to the third Beatitude, and it is entitled The Meek. We're in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, where Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the physical earth. And this is actually a quote from Psalm 37, which says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Notice that one of the rewards of meekness is an abundance of peace, which must also mean that the opposite is also true, and that is pride must generate all kinds of arguments, strife, and conflicts. Amen? And uh, the word for meek actually means mild, meek, and humble. The Full Life Study Bible says, can I just read some of these first? Amen? And I'll just talk to you in a minute. The Full Life Study Bible says that the meek are those who are humble and submissive before God. Did you see that? Can we say it again? This is not a person that you know, looks humble and meek and mild in front of people. Okay, It says the meek are those who are humble and submissive before God. They find their refuge in Him and commit their way entirely to Him. They are more concerned about God's work and God's people than about what might happen to them personally. This is one of the key things. In other words, a meek person is the one that puts themselves in, in harm's way to help someone else. Cowards don't do that. <laughs> okay? See, we don't, we don't... How many people look at that and go, Oh, that's a meek person. <laughs> you know? We normally say, Oh, that's a brave person. But I want you to understand that that is a meek person as well. That is a, one of the qualities of meekness. All right. The meek rather than the aggressors ultimately inherit the earth. It is a very interesting thing, and you know, in light of what's going on right now with all the different correctnesses that are out there, religious, political, and everything else. And, uh, you know, and I feel like there is a sense of aggression there that is coming forth. And you know, to be normal now is frowned upon. Can I say that? Okay, to a degree. Do you know what I'm trying to say when I say normal? Okay. Uh, whereas in the past, you know, you do something wrong and you are held accountable and responsible and, you know, people try to help you to do the right thing. Today, they celebrate your wrongness. And then they want everybody else to support your wrongness. You know, and it's, it's very sad that things are going in that direction and we just really need to be careful that notice it says that the meek rather than the aggressors ultimately inherit the earth. Even though we may seem like, you know... And the thing is, you know, we are never meant to be judgmental. We can be loving and still call wrong, wrong. Without being critical about it. Do you understand? It's all about the attitude of the heart. Um, you know, we can, we can be um, objective. The way we look at something, we can sort of say, okay, you know, that was right, that was wrong. But we don't stop at that was wrong. We say, now how can I help you to get it right? Amen? And, but what the world has been doing, and I'm sorry to say a lot of the religious Christians have been condemning the wrong. They sort of sadly, and this is why we, we don't want to be religious. Amen? They sadly threw the sinner in with the sin. And the world rebelled against that. We are dealing with things today because of that. If we were meek, we wouldn't have this problem. It's because the church got aggressive, the religious church, okay? Not, okay. Because religion got, let me say it that way, because religion got aggressive, this is happening. 
Amen? And so we really need to see from this and learn from this in our lives as well. Amen. I could say more, I'm going to leave it there. In light of this one commentator reveals that in ancient Greek literature, the word meek was used to describe powerful war stallions. Let me stop there. Let's, let's just take that in. The word meek was used to describe powerful war stallions. I want you to get this, okay? Because I want you to become people that are meek in God's sight. We need some, of pow- we need some powerful war stallions, okay? <laughs> in, in God's camp. I want you to understand that is what meekness is. That is what was meant. That's who we are meant to be. That's why it's the third quality in this. See, we go from... I, I want you to see something because this is sort of the... Reverse side of the coin. We go from, you know, again, from, from understanding that we need God to the place where then we become pliable. Can I say that? Okay, and we become soft-hearted. But we're not without courage. We become the kind of people that care for others more than ourselves, And then are willing to step out and do something about it. We need to become those powerful war stallions for God so that we can stand and fight, and not just physically, but spiritually as well. When we see things that are happening that are not right, instead of throwing up our hands and go, oh, well, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket thing, and have that kind of defeatist attitude, we need to come back at it and go, no, I will not allow that to happen. Not on my watch. Watch and pray, okay? <laughs> All right? And that's what we need to do. We are to watch and we are to pray. Amen. And I think, you know, there's so much more that can happen because there is so much more that is with us than against us. There's so much, we have so much pull in the spirit realm, we have no idea what actually happens. And the devil does his very best to make us feel like everything that we do doesn't doesn't mean very much. That it's just one person's prayer. Who heard? Who cares? Whatever. You know, you sit there in your little corner with your TV and pray, and so what? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> let me say this, because we are learning about being sons and daughters of God. That's why I said this is a good, okay? We begin to understand that not only do we have great privilege, but we have great pull as well. You thought I was going to say responsibility, didn't you? No, <laughs> okay? <laughs> we, we have so much pull in heaven, we have no idea. That when we begin to say something, the angels stand and listen. There are some incredibly powerful beings that have been set to watch over us, to listen to what we say when we're in faith. Did you hear the last bit? Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank God. And you know, to act on those things and let heaven know what's going on. Now, not, God doesn't need to know. He's omnipresent, okay. But, you know, there are other, there are other angels that don't know what's going on, okay. They need to be told. We really need to understand who knows what and who doesn't know what, you know, up there, okay? And so, so we need to realize that when we start to pray, when we start to do things, they start to mobilize, they start to do things. Alright, they organize themselves and begin to do things. Remember, again, when Daniel prayed, you know, it took 21 days for, I think it was Archangel Gabriel to get through, and Michael, the other Archangel, had to come and help him get through. So obviously, they needed communication, you know, obviously there was a fight going on 21 days. That's a long time. I mean, we can't wait 21 seconds, you know, not 21 minutes or hours or days, you know. 
And I want you to understand something, that there is a war that is going on, there is a battle, that there are forces on your side that will overcome the enemy, but it requires for you to push through. It requires for you to stand, you know, having done all to stand, stand, therefore, okay? And why you need to have armor on, because the enemy will attack you, because of what you're releasing in the spirit realm. Amen? Amen. Back to this. So that's what we, those are kind of war, powerful war sellings we need in the body of Christ. You know, not people that are pushing themselves, you know, getting their way out in the world. We need people that quietly sit there, smile when something is going, and they have that kind of smile of, yeah, lap it up while you can, while the enemy thinks he's winning. <laughs> okay. And they start whispering something under their breath and everything starts to change. And whether, it, whether you see it or not, things are starting to change. You need to know that. Amen? Alright, so, let's go back to this. In ancient Greek, again, liter- uh, in ancient Greek literature, the word meek was used to describe powerful war stallions who were responsive and submissive to their masters so that the power they had was properly directed by their masters. Do you see that? So they weren't without power. And they didn't need power from their masters. I want you to get something here. They needed to be told what to do with the power they had. Did you get that? See, sometimes we go to God thinking, Oh God, and yes, we are to be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Okay, and there are times when we are weak and we need His strength. And God knows, I know that. Okay, um, But you also need to understand that there's a new creation on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. This is the victory that overcomes the, the world, even our faith. There are things inside, I can do all things through Christ's strength. There are things on the inside of us that are very powerful. God didn't make a new creation that was weak. But you remember? All things have become new. All things are of God. They're all of God. Nothing of God fails. Amen. So, you know, we need to understand that we're, you know, we're not a weak thing that is going to God to find strength all the time. Can I change your thinking a little bit today? Okay. We are a strong thing that's going to God to say, where do you want me to use my strength today? Isn't that good? And he says, okay, we have a situation over here. That's fine. What do we need to say? Because we are down here releasing words that allow heaven to move. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the power that you have? Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You bind, you loose, things begin to work. Amen? And things shut down. <laughs> okay? From the enemy's camp, you need to shut them down. That's, that's one of the things, you know, I know Sarah, when she prays, she binds the devil. You know, when she does praise and worship in the evening, one of the things she does every single evening, she does praise and worship in the evening, by the way, uh, every sing, but every time she's up, she always binds the devil. She just doesn't allow him to do nothing. <laughs> you know? And I think that is extraordinary. It is one of the things that she has learned. One of the keys that as much as we can pray all these amazing things, if you're allowing the snake around loose, it's still doing damage. Cut its head off first, then start praying good things. Amen? It will be without opposition. Hallelujah. Also in his commentary on this verse, John MacArthur says that meek is opposite to being out of control. Oh, this is, this is powerful. It is not weakness, but rather supreme self-control empowered by the Spirit. 
Are you beginning to understand something here again? This is not about trying to become strong. This is about what do you do with strength. Do you understand? This is about self-control. This is about saying to God, what do you want me to do with... Let let me talk to you about something that I I think is a bit of a problem in the body of Christ right now. One of the things that I I see is, you know, when, when we're hurt. Can we talk about when we're hurt? Because we just went past that one. All right. One of the things that we must not do is curse the person that hurt us. You need to understand the power that is working within you. You need to understand that you start opening your mouth and saying certain things, things will begin to happen. And some people will smile about this. Don't. Okay? This is not, I'm telling you, this is not a good thing to do. Because whatever you sow, you will reap. However you judge, whatever thing that you throw out there, it will, they're like boomerangs. They keep coming back. You do a good deed and it will come back a awesome deed back to you. When you need something, some, you step out, be, a, be the one person to step out for someone else, and God will get a hundred people to step out for you. It's a thing that happens. Also the other way. <laughs> okay, You do something bad, dear God, it never comes back the same. It becomes a pressed down, shaking together, multiplied boomerang that comes back at you. Which is why it says the way of the transgressor is hard. You throw it out there, baby, it's coming back, pressed down, shaking together, and running over back at you. Amen? And th- that's the other thing that's wrong about karma. Do you understand? Karma says it'll, the same boomerang you throw out will come back. No. <laughs> it comes back a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which some people don't survive. All right. So, <clears throat> simply put, then, meekness is power under control. Did you get that? Meekness is power under control. You are powerful beings. Keep it under control. Amen? Or control strength. With the Spirit-filled Life Bible adding that the Word carries the ideas of humility and self-discipline. Oh, I love that. Humility and self-discipline. Okay? Which means you put a guard over your mouth. Remember who said that? David. Dad knows that one. He says, watch, put a watch over my mouth. Put a guard over my mouth. Keep, keep, you know, keep me from saying things. Yeah. He says, keep me from saying things that I shouldn't be saying. Amen? And we should do the same thing. Alright. Further to this, biblical scholar William Hendrickson in his commentary says that it describes a person, listen, who is not resentful and bears no grudge. He finds refuge in the Lord and commits his way entirely to him. I love that. Did you all catch all of that? Not resentful, bears no grudge. Okay, We can't be carrying things. It's a very difficult thing. Can I say I still struggle with some of that today? People that have done some very bad things in the past, you know, and they come up, and I have to basically say I have forgiven them. Because I understand this is the devil trying to mess with me. And the devil trying to get, get permission from me to go do something to them. Have you, ever re- have you ever thought about it in those terms? Take that with you please. Because sometimes you remember things just like... Let me talk to you. I need to talk to you. I'm, so, I'm trying to get through this quickly. By the way, I need to talk to you about some things here. Some insights, okay? Just like sometimes you get somebody on your mind and you call them and they think, Oh, I was just thinking about you and it's an awesome thing. There are other times the devil does that too. He brings somebody to your mind that did something wrong to you so that you can go, Oh, they're doing badly. And he goes, Thank you, that's what I need. And he's off. 
Now you become responsible for whatever door you opened to get him doing things. Then we wonder how come all these bad things are happening to us? You sow it, you reap it. Do you understand? We really need to be careful that, you know, when, when something comes up, if it's something bad, you vocalize it if you have to. Just say, no, I have forgiven them. I will not hold this grudge because I have too much I'm believing for. I don't want that stupidity. That's what I call it. Okay, call it whatever you want. I, I don't want that stupidity to get in the way of my blessing. Because it is stupid and dumb. Because you don't want to hang on to things like that. Because Jesus forgave you of a much greater debt. Amen? Remember that wicked servant? The one that was forgiven that million dollar, multi-million dollar debt and he went and held the other servant by the neck and throttled him for the 20 bucks that he owed him and his master was not happy and reinstated the debt. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> right. Added to this, he also says that it is the willingness, oh, this, nobody wants to hear this, okay. It is the willingness to suffer injury rather than to inflict injury. Amen. Okay, I won't comment on that. I think it's self-explanatory and I don't think we need to get preach on that. As William McDonald so brilliantly puts it, the meek person is gentle and mild in his own cause, though he, though he may be, and she as well, may be a lion in God's cause or in defending others. Don't you love that? I think that is one of the most profound things. You know, I wish that there were more characters on the screen that displayed those qualities. Today it's all about, you know, I do it my way, and, you know, somebody hurt me, and, then we're, you know, everybody's cheering for the guy to go beat the, you know, crowd of somebody else, and we're looking for that, and we cheer that, and then, yeah, they got their comeuppance sort of thing, you know, that's an old word. Anyway, you know, they, they got what they deserved. So, okay, and, and we have, and that's, you know, all the really good movies are, are that. That's what makes the millions. But can I tell you what's better? Somebody that just says, you know what, it's okay. And somebody says, are you kidding? You know what you did to, you, you know what they did to you? Just, uh, it's okay, man. It's not a problem. However, they start hurting somebody else, then they stand up. I know some of the, sort of the uh, older films used to have that. That you would find that people would just, you know, take all kinds of abuse and they just, whatever, it's okay. But as soon as they see somebody else getting hurt, boy, they stand up, they become somebody totally different. And the person that is abusing that person, who had been abusing them, have never seen this before. And then suddenly, it's, <laughs> you know, a big surprise. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, they're seeing stars, you know? And they go, where did this come from? I did bad things to them all this time. They did nothing back. Now I do one thing to this person over here. And boy, I tell you, get a raging bull. Hello. Do you get it? Okay. One of the things that Christians do wrong, kind of, I got to come back to this one more thing, is that we think it's okay for other people to suffer the way we suffer. And we think, oh, well, I've been taking abuse from that person forever, now you take some. That's not right. Are you all seeing this? Okay, now I can move on. Okay, Moses was an ex excellent example of this. In Exodus chapter 32, verses 7 through, uh, 7 through 14, it says, Then the Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. Boy, they were quick, weren't they? I mean, God did all these miracles to bring them out. 
The whole army was drowned. They got to walk on dry land. And, you know, um, I've actually heard some... No, no, it's not the time. All right. Uh, <laughs> I have started, haven't I? I do this. All right, let me just quickly tell you. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> somebody actually said that uh, they were doing um, some research on that and, and, you know, in the original text. And they said that... Because I used to always think that the water was still water. You know, when, when it formed like walls on either side and they walked through? You know, that you could, you could have a little fish come in and you could poke it. And, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, what stops a fish from kind of going right through it and falling on your feet? You know, that would be, you know, poor little fishy. But apparently, apparently, it was actually hardened. So it wasn't, you couldn't put your hand through it. It was actually solid at, at the walls. Isn't that interesting? That the, the actual word and the actual Hebrew there talks about the, like a solidification taking place while they're walking through. And I thought, yeah, that would make sense. Otherwise, you know, let's say there was a shark and it goes, oh, great, I don't have to go out there. They're coming to me today. You know? <laughs> Not that it would, I'm playing with you. But, you know, it was just like, that made a lot of sense. And I thought, oh, I want to share that with you today. So anyway, that was the thing I learned. All right, <laughs> moving on. And so he says here, verse 8, after all of this, okay, they've defiled themselves. Verse 8, they have already turned from the way I commanded them to live. Remember the whole point of this was so that they could go worship God. Remember that was all that God wanted. He didn't want to take Pharaoh's you know, people away from him, really. He just said, I need time with them because this is what they are becoming. They're becoming something very not good now. Okay? And he needed to get back into their lives. And Pharaoh said, no. That's a dumb thing to do, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and so, we come to this situation. They've got out, after all the plagues and everything else. Also miracles. None of them got it. I mean, you think about all the things that happen, family. Okay. And they come out here, and the first chance they get, they mess up. I mean, dear Lord. And it says, they have already turned from their way I commanded them to live. Or from the way I commanded them to live. They have made an idol shaped like a calf. Wow. And they have worshipped and sacrificed to it. So they didn't just worship it. They sacrificed to it. I wonder what. Anyway. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Can you believe that? Now, you know, can I just say, we can learn something from this. That just as much as we think... That if somebody sees an act of God, that they will repent from their sin and turn to God immediately. No, it says signs and wonders cause wonder and amazement. That's it. It doesn't necessarily call repentance. Some people repent, but not everybody does. This is what happens. Oh, thank the gods. Yes, I put an S on that one. You know, and they want to go give thanks to something else. That's why I think some, you know, so much of the time when we're praying for people, Sometimes you just wonder, you know, you just sort of think, who are they going to go thank at the end of the day? Because you don't know who all else they asked to pray. Okay, I'm just saying. Things to think about. Anyway, then the Lord said, um, in verse 9, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my anger can blaze against them and destroy them all. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation instead of them. And Moses said, oh, thank God, I'm so sick of them. They are just a bunch of... <laughs> a thorn in my side is not what it says. <laughs> because most Christians would go, thank you, Lord. Finally, I'm rid of this anchor 
to my soul and my life. They're holding me back, man. I need to be free. Spread my wings and go do my thing. Hello? Is not what it says in the next verse. Just saying. But (laughs) Moses, it says Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God, not to do it. I think that's incredible. Wow. Okay. Oh Lord, he exclaimed, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and mighty acts? The Egyptians, the, the Egyptians will say God tricked them into coming to the mountains so he could kill them and wipe them from the face of the earth. Interesting, isn't it? Huh? It says, turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you're planning against your people. Wow. Can you see Charlton Heston? Okay, no, yeah, everybody's nodding. Okay, all right, we've got one in the back. Okay. <laughs> We all like, okay, Moses and Charlton Heston, you know. Yeah, man, those are the days. Anyway, <laughs> verse 13 <laughs> says, Remember your covenant with your servant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't this brilliant how he's interceding for them? I mean, this is God we're talking about. Now Moses is going to pray a price for this, by the way. Because, anyway, let's not go there today. <coughs> Let me just say this. Be careful when you fight God on things. Just be careful. You know, just be careful. He says, You swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. Yes, I will give them all this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. Verse 14. So the Lord withdrew his threat and didn't bring uh, against his people the disaster he had threatened. Now we can understand why. It went on to say in Numbers 12 and verse 3, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Do you understand what they mean by he was meek? He was a very powerful individual. He was one of those war stallions that was willing to stand and fight. Amen? Very interesting fight too. So I've said here again, here was a man that was willing to put the welfare of others before himself even when those he was fighting for didn't deserve it. That is a key thing, man. I mean, dear Lord, those people. Anyway, moving on. I don't want to get caught up there. Okay, Jesus is the same way toward us. And why he says of himself in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and 29, I think this is very key that Jesus is this way. Bless you. He says, come to me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Isn't that beautiful? We serve a Lord that is meek, that is lowly of heart. You know, He is not a person that will stand and judge you. I always think back to the, per, you know, to the, the woman taking adultery. That was a point in time that he could have really judged. And everybody else was judging. And he fought for her. I think that's incredible. That he stood up in the midst of this very delicate and very... You know, you, you, sometimes when you stand up for someone, people kind of look at you and go, well, what have you got to... You know, what, why are you doing that? You know, what are you hiding? Hello? 
Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. You know, we, we put ourselves in harm's way when we stand in front and try to help people. And we need to be really careful. And I, I think it's incredible that that is who stands over us, is a perfect God, a perfect man, who has done nothing wrong and still fights for people that basically do everything wrong. Can I just say it that way, okay? I think that is extraordinary. That is meek. That is, that is power under control. Amen? And directed in the right direction. Directed twice. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> anyway, you all know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I said, interesting, interestingly enough, one of the uh, synonyms for meekness is humility. And, while the, and we'll finish with this. While the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. That is a difficult thing for us to do. Verse 4, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. I want to stop there today. I want to talk about that for a minute and stop there, because I do want to talk about it for a minute. One of the things that we need to, um, if we did this, if we looked to the interests of others instead of ourselves, I think the church would have been a much better place. It would have been a place of sanctuary. It would have been a place of safety. It would have been a place where people found an equality like no other place. Balanced. It would have been a place where you knew what was right and what you should fight for and what was wrong. And what you shouldn't be fighting for. But you're here. You can't allow the world to decide. Because it, it's the ruler of this world is twisted. And everything that he does is messed up. So how can we look to them to come up with the rules and the laws? We're the ones that should be coming up with it. But sadly, because we didn't do the right thing. And you know, again, when I say we, I don't mean us here. But you know, the church, the religious church. In general, you know, as, as because it abused its power, and now let's just say it for what it is, okay, and did things it shouldn't have done, then other things took over. We kind of see that happening, you know, even in the Old Testament, we see when God allowed and had to take his hand off his people when they got invaded and were taken captive because they were doing all the wrong things. They were worse than the people that were taking them captive. When the church becomes worse than the world, what do you have to? God has to take His hand off of them, Amen. And I, you know, and I, I truly believe He's looking for a people like you that He can count on, that can bring back the standards that He wants in this earth, Amen. And that's why Jesus said He came to bring the kingdom back, because the kingdom got lost in this world, Amen. And you now have that kingdom in you. Remember he said, don't look everywhere. It's inside of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, let's, let's stop there for today. Let's have every head bowed. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom, revelation, and insight that we're receiving from your word today. And we just thank you, God, that we take all of this to heart. And we want to adjust our course. We want to adjust the way we think. We want to adjust the direction that we're going. And we just want to be people that could be described as power under control. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that we want to be those people that understand the power that lies within us, that understand the privileges that we have in the kingdom, 
and don't want to use it for our own selfish need, but we want to use it on behalf of you, Lord. We want to know from you what needs to be done, how you want us to pray, what you want us to pray for, so that we become your voice in this earth and that we can bring to pass your will in this earth. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.